I'm your host, Nick Ginsberg, and you're listening to The Open Drive, a podcast focusing on authentic living and defining your own path against the odds. Hi there, welcome back to the Open Drive podcast. Thank you for listening as always. I hope you have been well. We are on episode two of 2021 and we are back on our scheduled recording. Uh, I was going to say viewing, but that's not correct. Um, we're back on our on our regular programming. That's the word I'm looking for, uh, which is I'm heading you back to uh, the part where we left off in 2020. So the last episode of 2020, uh, talking about the, the Brisbane years, uh, we are going to take off from there and I'm going to uh, take you through a part of my life that really changed uh, everything, uh, completely fundamentally changed me. So uh, buckle up, buckle up. Uh, just a reminder for anyone that is new here um, uh, that you should head back to number one, episode one in 2020. Please make sure you head back there and listen from the start. Uh, most people do that just because they love to get the views. I don't. It's because I am not going to rehash the story every time I do an episode. So please make sure you head back to the beginning uh, and it'll fill in all the gaps for you. But please keep listening if you wish. Also, if you haven't followed me on Instagram yet, please make sure you do. We're now using the one Instagram account, which is at Nick Ginsberg. Uh, the Open Drive account is still there, but I'm using my main account as really a place for you to interact with me and for me to share all the updates on the podcast. So please make sure you follow me there at Nick Ginsberg. Finally, before we dive in, a reminder that this uh, podcast does cover some heavy subjects. So we will be talking about mental health, we'll be talking about childhood trauma, we'll be talking about addiction, uh, and really everything in between. So uh, just a, a heads up if they if that will affect you. I just want to give you some warning before that surprises you around the corner. So where, where we left off last year, I was living in Brisbane. Uh, I was living with my friend Colin and his uh, then partner, James, and I'd gotten mum back. Mum had sorted her life out, which was incredible. She had managed to stop drinking. She also stopped smoking at the same time. And I really got my mum back. So her mental health was pretty good. Uh, she was nice and stable and it was fantastic. I'm not, it was really, really, really great. Um, and then I got a job opportunity to move down to the Gold Coast which I think I was probably 22, 23, maybe 23 when that happened. So I moved down and I worked at Bankwest at Helensvale, which is just on the northern end of the Gold Coast. It's near where all the theme parks are. And it was great. It's where I met Kelly, who I mentioned in episode one of 2021. Um, I met Kelly at Bankwest. That's where we formed our friendship. Uh, and I got to spend some really amazing quality time with my mum. It was where we could sit and watch TV shows together. Her and I, um, I actually just shared this with a friend of mine recently that I bought mum as a present. And I can't remember when I did it, but I bought her the 20th anniversary edition of, or box set of uh, the Oprah, Oprah Winfrey show. And 
if anybody knows me knows how much I, I love Oprah. But mum and I used to sit on the couch and watch it and cry at some of the episodes and bond. And it was like a Sunday afternoon activity. So that was lovely. Um, so I got a couple of years living with her. I think it was about a year and a bit because I was staying with friends before that. And before I went on a holiday to Melbourne and that happened in 2010, I jumped on a plane with Colin and James uh, and a couple of our other friends. Uh, we went down, we we're going to spend a week in Melbourne and uh, yeah, it was completely life-changing. We landed, we stayed in a hotel in the city. And I remember thinking a couple of days in, this feels like home. Uh, there was nothing strange about it. It didn't feel foreign to me. Um, it felt absolutely like I was meant to be here. We had a blast for a week, did all of the touristy stuff that you can think of. I even went to an AFL game. I'm not sporty and particularly not anything that involves uh, balls. Um, so, and yes, you can giggle at that because I also find that quite funny. <laughs> but uh, I went to an AFL game and I have to say it was quite interesting to be there face to face, well, not face to face, but to be there live. Um, I do understand slightly the, the uh, crazy nature of Victorians and AFL. I still don't watch it. I still don't have a team. If you ask me who my team is, I have no idea. Whichever one supports gay rights the most, which I believe is St Kilda. So that's really what it is. Um, so anyways, uh, we had a blast on that trip and I have such a vivid memory of leaving Melbourne. So we were in, it was I think it was a maxi taxi and we were heading either to the airport or to a sky bus or whatever and driving through the city and I was looking and I just, I remember thinking I'm moving here. I have to move here. The pull was so strong, which was intense. And it's not something that I'd ever really felt before. Even when I moved to Brisbane, it wasn't that I really wanted to move to Brisbane. It was naturally what needed to happen to get me away from the situation that I was in. Um, but Brisbane really never felt like a like home home. You know what I mean? It does now when I go back and it's lovely to be in a familiar space, but um, it wasn't the same feeling as Melbourne. So I get back to work. I tell mum, I talk it over with Kelly. Kelly and I had so many conversations about Melbourne, about me possibly moving here, um, what that would look like, how I would do it. Could I get a transfer? Are there even any jobs available in Bankwest in Melbourne? There were so many questions. And then Colin and James ended up moving as well. So they decided that they would move and they, I think they moved a few months before I did. I got a transfer at Bankwest and I got a transfer to the Chadston store. And I had no idea at the time that Chadston was... Uh, I think at that point it was the largest shopping center in the Southern hemisphere. Um, anyways, it's huge. And so I had no idea, no clue that that was it. And, uh, mum and I flew down for a holiday, uh, for me to interview at Bankwest Chadston, um, to get the transfer. And, 
uh, we flew down. It was for my birthday weekend, which is uh, Australia Day long weekend is always around my birthday. So I'm on the 24th of January and flew down, stayed at the, the Stanford Plaza, maybe in the city. And uh, Colin drove us out to, to Chadston and wow, <laughs> it was huge. I interviewed, I got it, of, of course, because you know that I live in Melbourne. And uh, then I moved in February. And so February just gone, I have lived here for 10 years. So I moved in February 2011. It was just after the floods in Brisbane, um, which were intense. Uh, it was very soon after the floods in Brisbane, actually. Um, but yeah, I moved here. I rented this one bedroom apartment in St Kilda on Inkerman Street. And it was everything that I needed it to be. It felt like home. It was the first time I'd ever lived by myself. I took such pride in being able to have everything that I wanted and listen to whatever I wanted on music. And you know that if you've ever lived by yourself, you know the feeling. Um, I uh, walked around the house in whatever I wanted or lack thereof. Um, but it was so great. And it was such a great location. I used to catch the tram into the city to get to know what was going on and all of that. I never felt out of place. So from the second I got here, I never felt out of place. I missed mum, of course, because we had some great times before I left. Uh, at that point, Louise and I weren't really talking. Um, it was the odd phone call here and there. Um, Louise and mum weren't living together when I left. She was, and actually I should probably go back. And this is what I want these to be. I want these to be almost like a, just a, a recorded journal of sorts. So you will notice this is never going to be perfectly produced uh, it will be live, authentic conversation with myself. <laughs> so um, so I want to actually take you back. So we're going to put a pause on the Melbourne story. Um, buckle up because we're about to go back to about, I think it was maybe six months before I moved. Um, time frame's a bit hazy on this one, but Louise was staying with us at that point. And I don't know where she went after that. I have no memory of where she went after she was living with us because it was definitely just mum and I when I moved to Melbourne. Um, and I don't remember where Louise went, but I wasn't talking to her. And you'll find out why in a second. So, yeah, I, I was living at home. Mum had just adopted this beautiful dog, Ellie. She's since passed away. Um, beautiful uh, uh, golden oldie. She was, uh, I think she was eight or nine when we got her, maybe even older. And... Uh, she was just beautiful. This white little toy poodle. She was fat as hell. Um, but she's just, she was just so full of energy and so full of love. And anyways, she adored mum and I, um, and Louise, she didn't really know that well. So, um, it took a bit longer to warm up to Louise, but one night mum was up, uh, visiting my aunt and uncle, uh, up at Mullaney. So about two hours away, uh, she was staying up there for a few days. So it was just Louise and I in the house. And Louise had been drinking very heavily. And I was 24 at this point. And she 
it was about 2am and she came up the stairs knocking on the bedroom uh, because she wanted to see Ellie who was sleeping with me. And she came in and I said, Louise, I've got work. I'd work at 8 or 8.30 in the morning. I was like, Louise, I've got work. Let's just see her in the morning. And she would not, would not, would not. And then she almost had this complete switch where she felt like I was actively turning Ellie, the dog, against her. Now, obviously, there are so many factors into why that would be logical in her head. I mean, she was highly intoxicated. She was self-medicating. Her mental illness was in full rage. So she... To her, that was exactly what was happening. And so she kept coming in, kept coming in, kept coming in. I said, Louise, please. And then she got so angry and she hit me. And she's never hit me before, but she clocked me. And I, so Louise is about five, six, I reckon, five, seven. And I'm six foot-ish, just over six foot. And I, at 3 a.m. in the morning, she hit me, I picked her up, flung her up against a cupboard, which I'm not proud of, um, and I told her to get out and to never do that again. She scurried out and I sat up against the bedroom door with Ellie until I went to work. I don't think I got a wink of sleep. I think that story, my aunt and uncle know it because I called mum in uh, quite a state. My mum knew, Aunty Bob and Uncle Wayne knew, my aunt and uncle. My cousins, of course, knew because of um, my aunt and uncle. Uh, Kelly knew because I spoke to Kelly about it. And that was kind of it. Um, nobody else heard about it. I marched on through work that day. And by that point, mum had gotten home. Louise had apologised profusely to me. Um she now has no recollection of that event happening. Um, she was that intoxicated. And I spoke in the last episode about forgiveness, but this is one of the moments where I had to forgive her because all it was doing was hurting me. So anyways, that happened just before I moved. Uh, that was about six months before. I'm not sure what happened after. I'd imagine that she, uh, oh, that's what happened. There was a, uh, not long after that, Louise was in a very bad state and I ended up calling triple zero on her and they took her and she lived at a women's shelter um, for a bit, I think. Um, and then I actually don't know where she went. Um, but I was just happy that she wasn't able to hurt either myself or mum. And she's not a violent person generally, um, but it just goes to show with enough, uh, with enough substance, uh, anyone can do anything. So uh, that was not great. Anyway, I had to fill in that piece of information for you because I think it's quite important to the story. So we are now going to hit play again on the Melbourne part of my story. And this is going to be a longer podcast episode, but that's okay. You'll be fine. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so I had been in Melbourne living on Inkerman Street in St Kilda in my cute little one-bedroom apartment that was old as hell and catching the tram into the city, walking around by myself, 
catching up with Colin, exploring, going for drives. It was a ball. We were having a ball. And then fast forward a few months and we're in July and it's my first winter in Melbourne. And let me tell you, I was freezing. So I don't mind the cold. I quite like winter, but I was not ready for Melbourne winter. I can tell you that right now. And so uh, it was very cold. Uh, I bought, I think, the bulk pack of hoodies uh, off, I think it was like ASOS. No, maybe not ASOS. Oh, Threadless, the T-shirt place. Um, bought a bunch of them from there. Um, anyways, this whole time, of course, as a, a young gay guy, I was on Grindr uh, trying to find uh, the man of my dreams, uh, which I, I, to be honest, I never thought I would find, to be really frank. And I've touched on this before, but uh, Ricky and I met on Grindr. Uh, it was about four. So we met in July, end of July, and I'd been in Melbourne since Feb. Uh, and we met. And I remember instantly opening the door to him and going, oh, my God, he's really cute. And then thinking, oh, well, he's not going to be interested in me. So I'm just going to pretend like we're best friends and he can be a new friend in Melbourne. And we talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And then he made his move, um, which I'm not going to go into details because that would be crass. Um, but if you want to hear details, I'll share it to you privately. No, I'm just joking. I won't. Um, so, so, and then Ricky and I have been together ever since, um, which is 10 years in July this year, which is very exciting. Um, but I, I just think it's so incredible when your gut tells you something like my gut was telling me that Melbourne is the right place. And sure, there are so many different thoughts that could go into that. Like I was running away from everything that was happening. Um, all of those things. And I'm sure some of that is true, but Melbourne was calling out to me to be my home. It was everything I needed it to be. And I don't think I could live anywhere else. Melbourne is my home now. I have Ricky. I have his huge, huge family. And I'm so incredibly grateful. I'm so grateful for the life that I've managed to create here, which I, I want to talk about in detail because I one of the things I want to share this year in particular is, uh, or, or share and dive into, is that the limits that I'd set myself, even based on uh, my new goals for my own life. So crafting a new path, even my goals in that, I could have never have imagined what I was capable of doing now, really, and what I've managed to achieve. So I want to talk about that a bit more. But I think this is a, a pretty good story. So uh, I, I'm incredibly proud of my move to Melbourne. I'm proud that I did it. It was terrifying moving on my own. Um, oh, another thing that I should probably let you know, my friend Anton, uh, who might be listening to this, uh, he drove down with me. And when I say he drove down with me, I drove the whole way because I had this feeling of, well, I should be doing it. Um, and so I drove the whole way and Anton and I sang in the car. We talked um, we stayed at Goulburn, which is just outside of Sydney or just south. I don't know where it is. It's near Sydney. Um, and then drove into Melbourne. And uh, it was the longest drive I've ever done. And it was so much fun to do it with Anton. Uh, it was great. 
Uh, and so, yeah, I just wanted to share everything uh, that has happened um, with that and catch you up following the, that final episode last year and let you know how I ended up in Melbourne. And this is just episode two of 2021 season so of the podcast. So buckle up. We're diving back in. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you are being safe and healthy and you're looking after yourselves. And I will see you in the next episode. Well, you'll hear me in the next episode anyways. Uh, remember to reach out to me on Instagram at Nick Ginsburg. I would love to chat. It'd be a lot of fun to do so. So reach out to me and I will chat to you in episode three for 2021. Enjoy. See you later.